When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome back to a whole new week of shenanigans here on the Lori and Julia show on My Talk 1071. Wanted to remind you that My Talk 1071 is hosting its ninth annual Food for Families Drive, presented by ColburnsDelivers.com and Green Mill Restaurant and Bar, benefiting Second Harvest Heartland. Make sure you bring a donation to the Colleen and Bradley broadcast at Klein Nissan in Maplewood on Friday, June 21st from noon to 3 p.m. Johnny Pops will be providing free pops to attendees. Make sure you stop by with a donation and you get a popsicle and swag. Get all the details at mytalk1071.com keyword food. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Laurie and Julia. Ah, thank you, Sonny. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Monday and the June gloom is still around. I know. I know. That's what I call it. Remember? Like, June gloom. Well, that's what they call it in California, where you get the marine fog in the morning in May and June, and then the sun burns through through in the afternoon, and they call it June gloom. June gloom. June gloom. Anyway, what was the weekend claim to fame? Anyone have one? Mine is I had the most boring weekend in America. (laughs) Honestly. Honestly, you are not a person to be um, held back by an injury, but this this shoulder arm injury has... I've I mean, not allowed you to do your usual Lori stuff. No, Julia. I mean, I, I go, I wonder how many people will be at this thing. Will it be crowded? There was some music I wanted to go hear. Are they going to hit my arm? Are they, yeah, but I will say, okay, here's one thing. Bill and Carol, you know who you are. They're celebrating 60 years Happy of wedded bliss. And I did go to their, uh, it's Casey's kids, their grandparents. They had their 60th anniversary. Is that something? They got married when they were 17 and 18, and they still like each other, which is a real hallmark. That is a real hallmark. You know? So good for them. Yeah, I know. So that that was it. I just did a lot of family things. So I shouldn't say it was the most boring, but I just like... You're a go-out girl. I am a go-out girl. Thank you, Julia. Yeah. And to stay in... <laughs> just sounds like a dream to me. Oh, I agree. I'm a homebody. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, my just gosh. I want to go out. And I'm going out this weekend because it's Grandma's Marathon. So, I mean, I hope I get out of my sling and I can go out and blah, blah, blah. This and is the big week. This is the big week. Yeah, yeah I'm going to find out on uh, Wednesday. But, yeah, I mean... I've watched more movies and spent more time with family. It's just really... <laughs> you make it sound like torture. I know, and it's just getting to be she a does. bit much, people. <laughs> she does. I, though I did see uh, a good, scary, in-the-woods movie. What did you see? Is called The Ritual. 
on Netflix. Oh, that just sounds horrible. You know, it was good. It's these four guys who go camping. They're, they're friends since like college and they always do these trips. And the mm-hmm. one guy is like, oh, let's do something different this time. Anyway, something happens at the beginning of the movie. They end up doing this trip and then somebody decides to go off the hiking path and take the shortcut through mm. the woods. Every good scary story starts right there. Wow. So it was, yeah. I give it a solid B. You do? Anyway, okay. what was your weekend claim to fame, Jules? Well, I had such a, I, here's the claim to fame. I drove into work today feeling refreshed. Uh-huh. And so that means I didn't have to do too much of anything, which was absolutely lovely. But went to a wedding with my guy on yeah. Saturday and um, yesterday played some tennis with him. We had fun. It was just, I, I'm telling you. You didn't have to wait on anybody. You didn't have exactly. any duties. I, in, it's heaven. Yeah. I didn't have to take care of anybody but me. Yeah, because you had a couple of weekends in yeah, a row was, of hosting and yeah. having people over. And, you know, even though you think it's like not work, it is still work. Right-o. 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 So I, but I, Lori, I'm obsessed with what I, I found a new TV show. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. It's called Made in Heaven. And it's on Amazon. And it is a romance drama, but it's about... It's like, remember, like, well, tonight, um, the TV show Grand Hotel starts. Yes. So it's about all the innerpinnings and everything that goes on in a hotel. Ava Longoria is producing it. It looks like total fun in Miami. Yeah, it's a telenovela meets, like, a, an American soap is yeah. how she kind of described it. And this, Made in Heaven, is an Indian drama, uh-huh. and it premiered in March, and it is about um, these, uh, this Group of people that own a wedding planning service in India. And India has very. They like, are so elaborate. Their wedding, Indian wedding. It is, but it's it's but juicy. It's a drama. It's a drama. So it's kind of they're saying it's a dark take on the big fat Indian wedding. But people have given it four out of five stars. It's it hooks you in. It's all Indian actors. It's in English. Yeah, and then they do talk um, Hindu or I don't even know what the language is. Yeah. And with subtitles, but it is such, it's such a great glimpse into a different culture that is updated, but also how far behind they are with homosexuality. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. And one of the guys is gay about um, how the weddings, there's dowries and all the finagling going on to marry off your kids and the planned weddings and all the money spent on weddings and it's just over the top and relatable at the same time. It's really good. Mm. So I would recommend that if you need to binge on something. It's not a Casey thing. Yeah, I was gonna it's say, a Lori. nothing that But it's made in heaven. I'm, I've already watched seven of them. They're hour. It's an hour long. It's so yeah. good, Lori. All right. That's oh. kind of like, so I binged on that a little bit. All right. How about you, Sonny? Did you have any weekend claims to fame? Did your man get his mo or his tomahawk steak? He switched out the tomahawk <laughs> steak for Angus beefsteak. Oh, and um, he he wanted lamb on Saturday and steak on Sunday. Oh, boy. So he was he really milking the Father's oh, Day he, weekend. He definitely milked yeah. for every last penny. I know. We we did the ribeye thing. He did was, the ribeye? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. But people kept throwing it back on the grill, so I don't know how well. <laughs> okay, you know. that's hysterical. <laughs> okay, that's hysterical. They were so thick. Right. You know, those they are take the hard, a long time to cook. They, yeah, they take longer than you think. And I'm like, right. wow, is that thing still mooing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just, yeah, they you take, know there I am eating my turkey sausage, <laughs> which takes like Would two you not even eat a bite of steak, Julia? I you have never even steak passed my mouth 
Um, that's one thing. My parents got divorced when I was in high school. Maybe it's me. I just feel like every steak I'd come in contact with is just too tough. Oh, honey, it's just too tough. I I personally like lamb. Yeah, more tender. I just yeah. I don't. I feel like oh, if, I can't if stand I'm the smell if of I'm, it. I'm lamb, you do got to get adjusted to the smell. Yeah, I this just is can't very do true. it. Yeah, just not even in a gyro garlic. I can do it, but a gyro is it's, a different it's a mix. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. different. I know. <laughs> so it's I've like never eaten it's lamb. like the bologna of the lamb family. Right there, you go. <laughs> <laughs> that is very accurate <laughs> because it's got everything well, in it. I guess I like the bologna. I do too. The bologna of the lamb family. I do like a gyro. So do I. Why? But yeah. not, not lamb. My mom is like, well, we'll have lamb. lamb like, a leg of lamb with some mint jelly. jelly. No my mom would mm-hmm. make it. I'm like, please. Yeah, it really is an acquired taste. Is lamb People and mutton it. the same thing? What's mutton? Well, that's what I'm asking you. But I don't know. It's <laughs> referred to as mutton sometimes. Mutton chops. Mutton chops. Yeah, bring it up I don't Princess know if it's Bride. just the shape of it. Yes. <laughs> and so I don't know if it was like, is that like the English way of calling it lamb? But I, I don't know because I don't even eat it. So that's like yeah, asking me either. to describe. It's the flesh of sheep, especially mature sheep, oh. used as food. So it's old, old lamb. Yeah, the old lamb. OG, OG lamb. The OG lamb. <laughs> oh my gosh, the old. Oh, we must be playing Grease songs because the sing along is coming up this Thursday night. I loved when B. Arthur asked if you and I would lead people in the hand jive, and I'm like, how am I going to do that with a hand that doesn't go sideways? I know it. You know, it goes like this. I can do the fist bump. Right. Bump, bump, but I can't do this. No, the I have other, to do the little baby motions. The other dances. I think we're going to have a good night Thursday night, too, out at CHS Field. So if you haven't got your tickets yet, you right. can still get them at a discounted price. At or my get them at the door. 1071.com or get yeah, them at the door. I'm right there. So we woke up to the news this morning uh, that Gloria Vanderbilt uh, passed away at the age of 95 um, from stomach cancer, and I, it was her son Anderson Cooper mm-hmm. uh, that broke the news. And Gloria Vanderbilt, you know, for some of the younger people, they might not know who she is, but he really, I mean, obviously he knew his mom had been been ill, but it was very short. Yeah, well, that's she, good. She, she had stomach cancer and passed quickly. Good. Yeah, and he announced the news in a seven minute obituary package that combined photos and videos. From an interview between them earlier, remember they worked on their documentary yes. that was on HBO. The rainbow comes and goes. Yeah, I, I, I got to watch that because I never watched that. Well, it was based on a book they did together, and um, it's now out in paperback. Okay. And it was published in like, um, I think that's like three or four years old, but it's a, a mother and a son on life, love, and loss. And she obviously has been alive for 95 years. What a life. So here is... Here's um, Anderson telling the early life of his mom, Gloria Vanderbilt. Gloria Vanderbilt, my mom, lived her entire life in the public eye. Born in 1924, her father, Reginald Vanderbilt, was heir to the Vanderbilt Railroad fortune, but gambled away most of his inheritance and died when my mom was just a baby. Gloria Morgan Vanderbilt, her mother, wasn't ready to be a mom or a widow. My mom grew up in France, not knowing anything about the Vanderbilt family or the money that she would inherit when she turned 21. She had no idea the trouble that money would create. And here's the first movie of little Gloria herself. Frightened by the curious crowd, she flees into her aunt's car. Money isn't everything. When she was 10, her father's sister, Gertrude Vanderbilt Whitney, sued to have my mom taken away from her own mother. It was a custody battle the likes of which the world had never seen. It was called the trial of the century, and it took place during the height of the Depression, making headlines every day for months. 
the court awarded custody of my mom to her Aunt Gertrude, whom she barely knew. The judge also fired the one person my mom truly loved and needed, her nanny, whom she called Dodo. She was my mother, my father. She was everything. I mean, she lived with in Paris mainly with her nanny while yep. her, her mom would Gal- just kind of go all over Europe. and Right. Her mom actually, um, her mom's mother, so Gloria Van Bilt's grandmother, but paternal, um, hated her daughter's mothering skills of little Gloria so much that she was involved with plotting with the aunt to get Gloria, to get away. Gloria Vanderbilt away. The poor little orphan, yes. or what did they call her? Little, the little, Glo- little Gloria and the poorest little orphan in the yeah. world because she had all the money and no love. Yes, and wow. the, and this aunt had married into another prominent family and they um, so they were behind kind of the trial and during the trial... They had coached Gloria to say horrible things about her mom. Like, um, they asked her. She had like lesbian, like she had lesbian affairs. That wasn't something the daughter said, Lori. Oh, it wasn't. It was that something that the aunt, I, I didn't know if they were coaching the daughter to say that there were lady visitors. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. But because that came that up. That did at the come trial. out, but not from Gloria. Okay. But they asked, you know, if that, you know, do you love your mom kind of thing? And do you think your mom loves you? And she responded, um, yes, but I hardly see her, you know, um, she's never been nice to me. Yeah, she they, said they didn't they she didn't stay with her mom. Boom. She never kissed me good night. When I grew up, she had been coached to say I want to marry, have a lot of children and love them so much that they'll never be unhappy. And so then, yeah. you know, the mom did end up losing. Yeah, yeah. Well, the lurid testimony riveted the nation. A two month trial. A nurse said Gloria's mother was a cocktail crazed dancer. Okay, oh, that wow. could describe many people. <laughs> I, but remember the year when this is, you know, like 1930. Um, a devotee of erotica, mm-hmm. because there was erotica in the home, statues and books. And the mit- mistress of a German prince and a chauffeur testified that the girl's mother had several lovers. And the French maid yes. uh, is the one who said that sometimes women stayed over. So either A, I haven't seen the movie about this, or B, when is this movie coming out? It's, oh, a, it's documentary a documentary okay. about HBO. her life. Okay. But and then, she is quite... Uh, she well, there's, does. There's more. Well, Here's uh, Anderson talking about her marriages, because she was married four times, like young, mm-hmm. starting at a young age, and to a, a wide variety of interesting men. So here's Anderson. At 21, she married again and had two sons with the legendary conductor, Leopold Sikovsky. He was 63 when I first met him and married him. And was it something you, like, as soon as you saw him, you thought? Instant. Really? I knew him for a week and married three weeks later. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And he was 63? Yeah. Did any of your friends think it was weird? I don't know. I mean... <laughs> they didn't say anything. <laughs> didn't matter to me. The marriage lasted more than a decade. Then she met and married director Sidney Lumet. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. And then my father, writer Wyatt Cooper. Over the course of her life, my mom was photographed by all the great photographers. She worked as a painter, a writer, an actress, and designer. If you were around in the early 1980s, it was pretty hard to miss the gene she helped create. But that was her public face, the one she learned to hide behind as a child. Her private self, her real self, that was more fascinating and more lovely than anything she showed the public. And she, you know, he went on to say that... Um, Could he remain so composed? Yeah, right. You know, is he so he's interviewing her in that? Well, well they're listening had... to clips out of that HBO oh, documentary, yes. okay. and then he and based on the time. book that they wrote together right. through emails and some personal visits. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had four kids total. Two, I mean, she was what nineteen and married a sixty-three-year-old man. Twenty one. She was twenty one, and, he and was that was 63. her second husband, right? Because she got wow. married when she and, was like seventeen. And Anderson asked her in another clip I saw today, you know, Mom, like, you know, he was old. <laughs> and she said it was just instant. It didn't mm. matter. Our chemistry was so hot. And then they had two sons together. The, the with the conductor. Yeah, she had two sons with the conductor, Stan and, and Christopher. Right. And when she ended up getting divorced from the conductor, um. She ended up, it says they lived a quiet life in New York, had the two boys, but halfway through their 10-year union, she had a nervous breakdown. And she was advised to find a creative outlet and began to paint. (sighs) And then um, she was 30, working as a stage actress when she left the conductor. And um, she battled the conductor in court for custody of their two sons after they divorced. She won, but wouldn't allow her children to testify Basically, after what she had to do when yeah. she was a young child. Yeah. Wow. So then, so then she goes on and marries another dude. Well, and she she like fell in love with Van Heflin, who was a movie star in the forties. She dated Errol Flynn, George Montgomery, Frank Sinatra. She was really quite beautiful. I know um, Holly posted for us sort of like her life in pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, amazing. And of course, Sidney Lumet, you know, he went on to direct Dog Day Afternoon and Network. And um, she always, uh, I think one of the horrible things that people do know about Gloria Vanderbilt is that she saw uh, Cooper's brother, her son, Vanderbilt Cooper, jump out of a 14th floor balcony from the terrace of her Manhattan apartment oh mm-hmm. in 1988 when he was 23. Um, years old and that would i mean imagine you know that oh i can't she she talks about that that is the most painful thing that Mm -hmm. happened to her Mm. should we do our love being yes Mm -hmm. i think ben brantley said he's never met somebody over the age of 16 who loves being in love as much as you that's true i think we should always be in love and she was always in love (laughs) in love with men or with friends or books and art in love with her children and her grandchildren and then her great-grandchildren. 
Love is what she believed in more than anything. Aww. Earlier this month, we had to take her to the hospital. That's where she learned she had very advanced cancer in her stomach and that it had spread. When the doctor told her she had cancer, she was silent for a while. And then she said, well, it's like that old song. Show me the way to get out of this world, because that's where everything is. Aww. All right. Why are we playing that song, Miss Laurie? That's by Connor O'Brien. That is a remake of a famous song that Elvis Presley sang that was a number one big time hit. Uh, yeah, Elvis made that song yeah. uh, popular. It was like done, I think, in 59, wow. written by 59. And when Elvis called the guy who wrote it and said, can I sing it? And he said, you're Elvis. You can sing anything you want. Yes, you can. <laughs> but, and that's on the soundtrack for Little Big Lies. Yeah, and it ended last night's finale. And I just thought, you know, it seemed like when Anderson Cooper was doing his package on CNN about his mom. You know, his voice kind of gets unsteady. Do we have that last clip? Should yeah. we play it? Well, it's really but I guess sweet. his his colleagues were just like in tears because they couldn't believe he could do it. I was crying even do listening it. to this this morning. Yeah, so Anderson Cooper, his mom, Gloria Vanderbilt, uh, passed away at the age of 95 and uh, her late her last great love was the um, was Gordon Parks. Mm-hmm. You know, the civil rights yeah. and photographer, he was, but it was like, they were together for many, many years. They what? met like in the 50s. Gordon Parks? Yes. And, what? Yes. yes. The photographer, yes. she met him in 1954 when mm-hmm. he took pictures of her for Life magazine. They had a romantic bond that lasted decades. Wow. But it was, um, you know, of course, in the 50s, you know, they could not be seen together. Right, right. And uh, and she recalled that in her memoir in 2004 because wow. he was black and she was white and he died in 2006. Right. And then uh, she also, you know, 10 years ago, wrote, wrote an erotic novel. And um, uh, Anderson Cooper said, um, the scariest word you'll ever hear your mother says, I'm writing an erotic right, novel. Right, basically. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, here's Anderson Cooper. Joseph Conrad wrote that we live as we die alone. He was wrong in my mom's case. Gloria Vanderbilt died as she lived, on her own terms. I know she hoped for a little more time, a few days or weeks at least. There were paintings she wanted to make, more books she wanted to read, more dreams to dream. But she was ready. She was ready to go. Once upon a time. She spent a lot of time alone in her head during her life. But when the end came, she was not alone. She was surrounded by beauty and by family and by friends. The last few weeks, every time I kissed her goodbye, I'd say, I love you, Mom. She would look at me and say, I love you too. You know that. And she was right. I did know that. I knew it from the moment I was born, and I'll know it for the rest of my life. And in the end, what greater gift can a mother give to her son? Gloria Vanderbilt was 95 years old when she died. What an extraordinary life. What an extraordinary mom. And what an incredible woman. But what... what Wow, I mean, teared up much? Jeez, I mean... was right before that? Were they showing the photos of No, they were showing... You have to watch this. It's posted at My Talk 107.1. The whole seven-minute interview thing. His tribute to his mom... Anderson Cooper's, and he said after, you know, she went to the hospital and was in pain, she she found out she had very advanced stomach cancer. Um, What he learned is that she has the exact same horrible high-pitched laugh that he does. And so there's this video 
of her being in a hospital bed laughing and him laughing and it's about the cutest thing yeah, you've ever seen. Yeah, they both laugh the same because way because he, he does have the most unexpected laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really high yeah, like yeah. that. And it's so cute. Mm. Um, it was just a really, just, yeah, what a wonderful life. And, and so did you have a boys, pair of jeans? Glory Vanderbilt? Of course. of course, yeah. I even have had them in recent, more recent years. Cole sells them. Yeah, yeah, because she sold the brand and a long, long time, time ago. ago yeah, but yeah. She got. Um, there's so many stories. You know, right. We have to do a vintage scandal. But one of the things of she had four sons, and Lori mentioned Anderson Cooper's brother um, jumped out of their window in Manhattan and and died by suicide mm-hmm. in the 90s, and then um, her other. Two boys that she had with her um, the husband, the conductor. Um, one of them, she's completely estranged from Christopher um, Sturokoski. He decided to cut himself off completely from the entire family. Oh. So she has two boys that she was still in contact with: Anderson Cooper and Stan. Hmm. Sarah Cost, blah, blah, blah. The conductor yeah. son. We'll just yeah, call, him call him the conductor. We yeah, say the name. Yeah. So anyway, uh, they had a good relationship. I mean, what a what a interesting life yeah and he's so that was just so lovely yeah i i really want to watch that documentary whatever it's called on hbo about it's the two of them the um, name of the book i know the Who rainbow find comes it? and goes yeah the a rainbow. mother and son on love loss and yeah. life yeah all right jeez all right so, should we move on to big little lies holy crap what a soap opera they we're not going to give anything away but nothing. i am just going to say that they are moving that story along nothing is being dragged out if you weren't interested after the first night's episode last week last night sucked you in so much happened everything happened i mean something happened to every single character last night and the ending and big ones and it ended with that song the wonder of you which just was like kind of heartbreaking given the context of who that was and i absolutely love meryl streep's character She's and her fake teeth, and they call, evil. and her name, well, why is she evil? Well, because I think she has, um, uh, to me, I feel like she has a massive agenda. Because she called out show agenda. people. Short people, not yeah. show people. Short people, yeah, excuse me. <laughs> and and show people. people are short people. Yeah. Um, but her, I feel but like. But think about it from her perspective. Oh, sure. You're the mom, and your son Falls down a step, a uh, flight of stairs at a school event, and you go to be with the, you know, widow and the son, the sons, and then you find out all this shady stuff. Yeah. You might raise your eye like Mary Louise, which, by the way, is Meryl's real name. Mm-hmm. Mary, did you know that? Mm-hmm. That they're calling her Mary Louise and mm-hmm. a nod to her Meryl Streepness. Um, but if you found all that out, it looks very suspicious. All these shady. But I know that. Yeah, we know what's going on. But you know, if you get into the mind of being, a, you know, a, an overprotective mother, my only son. Oh yeah. You know, and then she finds out something else about her son, and she just her shock seems real. And she doesn't believe it. I, you know what that show does that's very impressive? I, I guess it's David E. Kelly who writes the screenplay, but I thought one of the things... We're talking about Big Little Lies, if you're just joining yeah, us. Yeah, because one of the things that that show really addressed, um, you know, addresses abuse because the Nicole Kidman's character, Perry, her husband, is verbally, emotionally, and physically abusive, and you don't 
see that portrayal very often uh, on a television show in a realistic way. It's also hard to show emotional and verbal abuse, mm-hmm. and they did. So now on this second season, we're seeing like the very real PTSD and trauma from having been in that relationship and what all the women are experiencing sort of in different mm-hmm. ways of what happened yep. and telling that first big lie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's big really, it's, it's really like, it's, it's poignant how well they do it. And, and I, I don't know if I'm just like onto this because like when she's having the flashback, when Perry, when she first meets Perry and, She's telling him, you know, that she's in, they're exchanging all the things you do when you're first like starting yeah. dating, really intimate thing. But then when he shares, he was five and that traumatic thing happened to him. Mm-hmm. I just, I just remember like it's just another, sometimes like somebody who is the charmer and he is going to, Eventually be, be, be abusive. Producer. One of the hooks is like they, that you do learn up, learn something sad that happened to them when they were young, and then you and then you go in and be, feel sorry for them. Well, that you can like you, that you can you, have empathy towards his other actions. You almost feel special because they've told you because they don't usually confide. As someone doesn't always confide their deep like something that right. intimate. It almost is acts as a hook, if you will. And I think about that because I think about the guy that I got hooked by who was verbally, emotionally, and then one time physically abusive. Yeah. I remember he told me something really traumatic that happened to him at five or four. I can't remember. But I rem- it made an impact on me. Like I, he said, I'd never told anybody this before and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's giving me, I'm just remembering. And Are you long having enough, flashbacks kind well, of? Well, I just, yeah, I kind of, I did remember that. That that, it, it, there, I am telling you. And then it is just, and I don't know if these guys even intentionally know what they're doing, but like the, like people don't recognize that other, they don't show that behavior to except to. Right. Well, one of the things that I thought was poignant about last night, and, and this isn't giving anything away, yeah. we're just talking about Big Little Lies and Meryl Streep's incorporation as the son of the deceased. And the, the mom, the mom. Uh-huh. Oh, excuse the me. The mom, mom. Yeah, you're Barry, right. yeah. Is that when she, when Nicole's kind of just sharing a little bit of peeking behind, you know, the Her curtains, mm-hmm. peeking, a little bit about their relationship immediately and i can hear anyone saying this well did you report it to the police well how do i know if this is true it was never reported is there a record of this anywhere how would i believe you and just not believing the victim yeah because so much of it isn't something that you can see isn't something that you overhear and it's report it right away because you're you're what are you gonna do somebody was mean to me at home and they looked at me with really narrow eyes and i or they woke i woke up and they were just staring at me or they put me in a closet and let me out after i mean it's all sounds cuckoo so you that was the part that i just thought wow this is so true yeah because everyone wants proof on it and you're like well you know, I love them. Yeah, and that so I, there, you know, I can see how this show is like, and and I mean, I think they're handling it really well. Like having her go to a therapist, Nicole Kidman's therapist, who says, "Well, imagine your friend is in this relationship. Imagine when he lost." I mean, I think they're handling it because if people are triggered or they 
see that or they're just kind of in that situation or they know somebody. I think it's being handled with really good, gentle care and the therapy angle and the... um, the the strength even in that one storyline with the boys between oh. the two moms oh boy we're talking it's, in code right, people but it is, it is it is great it is great now do we have time to talk about euphoria or should we talk about that later in our show uh no we can't oh my god i don't have i don't i don't we can't we need to move on to something late we are going <laughs> to talk to steve heckler from the twin cities jazz festival that is coming up this weekend is the 21st year we're just going to move on to some music and some fun stuff because it is monday and it is summer so we should be planning the weekend already we'll be right back well, Steve Heckler, I don't know why we're not playing a great jazz song for you. But I know. I know why. We forgot to tell Sonny to play one. Steve Heckler from uh, the Twin Cities Jazz Fest is joining us. And I cannot believe you have been doing this festival for 21 years. Yeah. And by the way, I do like Grease. I saw the original show on Broadway, so I do. Uh, oh, you do? Okay, good. I'm not offended. I'm not offended. I love I loved the show, show and the movie a lot. All right. Steve, <laughs> how in the heck do you put on a jazz fest for 21 years in a row and not charge anybody? You know, it's supported by the community. I mean, we're a civic free event. We're about education. We're about youth. We're about bringing art and people together. So we, we, we uh, basically get great support from our sponsors, our uh, donors. Uh, foundations and uh, just the people in the community yeah. that come together and, and our grants and make this happen. Okay, that's so, good because I mean it really is so much fun. It is. So it all kicks off this Thursday night in Lower Town, downtown St. Paul, and it's um, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Over three hundred different acts at so many different venues downtown St. Paul. Tell us the big folks that you're really excited about, or we should be. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know where to start, <laughs> but we have Jose James coming in, who is a, a Minnesota native, and he's now made a pretty good uh, thing. He travels around the world. Great singer. Right. People know him. Yes. And so, I mean, he's doing a tribute to Bill Withers, which are Bill Withers, which should be a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. Crossover jazz and other things. We have a woman who's on The Tonight Show quite a bit. Young. She was here when she was 15 years old, and now she's 25. Who is that? Grace, Grace Kelly is okay. her name. And uh, is she the one who plays the sax? Yes. Okay. Just absolutely tremendous. And then we have music all in the different clubs. And the whole point of the Jazz Fest is to be a walking event. You come to the Mears Park, you're outside. You know, if the weather can be quite whatever it is, there's music in lots of clubs downtown. So you find something you really enjoy and and enjoy it. I'm telling you, it is so much fun because it's there's so much energy in Lower Town. The park is beautiful. I mean, that's just yeah. Beautiful. You can bring your own chairs, and there's all the food trucks, and, and there's vendors. all the restaurant around it. And and I have loved, you know, because sometimes it's rained a little bit. Going sliding into a bar and catching a different act, and the energy is different. It's just such a fun. Yeah, you, you left out the beer and wine too. Right? Yeah, well, right. Of <laughs> that's right. How could we forget that? Beer and wine are served. Yeah, yeah. We have our friends at Summit, our local friends at Summit and District Seven. So we have some really amazing product out there, and uh, you know, folks like ARP and Highway Credit Union, those kind of people, are thriving. Financially. They come, they come forward and make this happen. Yeah. What do um, what what do you like? I mean, are are you like the two weeks before the Jazz Fest just running? I mean, do you get any sleep and then do you just go on a vacation as soon as it's over? No, no. Right, literally, we're already starting in 2020 right now. I mean, we're, we these cycles 
you, you basically are all, you're just nonstop. You're planning it years in advance. And did you get this idea because you love the Jazz Fest in New Orleans? Oh, gosh. Oh, don't answer no, that, Steve. I gotta know, Steve. <laughs> answer that if you listen to our show. That's all Lori's talked about this year. No, I had so much fun at my very first New Orleans Jazz Fest. It was just like, what a great, that was so much fun. And I'm just curious if that's where you got the idea. Now, you guys are going to have to make up when this is over, right? Oh, we we already will. have. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has to thank folks from New Orleans for what they've done for jazz and including we go to the French Quarter Fest and all that we learn a lot mm-hmm. in fact we bring brought up many many musicians from New Orleans and it's funny you mentioned that Aurora Neeland and Tom McDermott will be here who was in the the, the, the uh, Treme series on HBO yes uh, will be here so we, we yeah so I ask I yes I learn a lot from what they do and we have traveled to many different festivals around we've been everywhere from I don't know, Panama, Detroit, whatever, just different how they approach the music around the world. And we learn uh, different pieces, what, what what can work for us. But New Orleans is really, uh, you know, the, where we pick up a lot of ideas and music. Uh, so, yeah, you've been down there, right? Well, just this past year, as oh. Julia's rolling her eyes at me because it was just, I'd never gone. And, you know, and she got tick, sick of hearing I, I about it. I was telling you, we had every guest on to talk about it before, during, and after. That's an example. How about any Cuban? Uh, do we have any Cuban jazz? Yes. Yeah, this Thursday, we have Miato Rivera. He's a singer, and he's playing with a local our local uh, band, Travel Tropical, who is, um, it's an 18-piece big band oh my God. on Thursday night, 6 o'clock. And then we have Jorge Pacheco, a young pianist, uh, right after that. A whole different sound, and it's a different approach. So you're showing how eclectic and how diverse Cuba really is in its music. Mm. And I think if you're around Thursday night, that's going to be amazing. It's just going to be, uh, n- neither one of these artists have ever been to Minnesota, and they're just enjoying it. One is here now, and they're just enjoying it. Uh, tremendously, so it's really great to see in, in, other folks. Yeah, no, you're. It, that's it. It's exciting because everyone gets excited about it. And on um, in how to get access to the complete listing of all the musicians, and if you want to buy VIP tickets, oh yeah, you go to TwinCitiesJazzFestival dot com backslash VIP. Correct. Which Correct. is also a nice way to see it because you're guaranteed a seat and they have beverages and yeah. food for you. That's a lovely way to see it. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, now, yeah. What else are you excited about, Steve? Are you? Uh, oh, oh my just, gosh! I mean, it, you know. It, it, but first of all, just the fact that we've been able to sustain this for twenty-one years. Yeah, I know and, it. Uh, well, here's another. You know, it's a good question. I thank you. That's why I love you when you guys call. Yes. You think about things, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you bring up great. Um, first of all, the amount of the, I would say twenty-one years ago, I knew most of the jazz musicians out there, and even a lot of the crowd. Now you fast forward 21 years and it's amazing. I don't know. Young people have picked up the art form of jazz. They have just absolutely picked it up and they have just been, it's tremendous watching the, um, watching the number of, of jazz people here um, uh, in the city picking up, you know, young people. And I can't, Keep up with how many young people have picked it up. I know great musicians. Yeah, you know who I mean, would you know who would be so happy to hear you talking like this? And maybe he used to show up at the at the jazz fest at Prince because that was always his big thing about people okay. need to be playing instruments. And he was so passionate about getting those in the hands of kids. Uh, and he was a great jazz musician himself. A lot of people don't know that how wonderful musician he was. Right, uh, just tremendous. But every year, every year, just seeing more and more young people coming and right, emailing me, hey, I want to play it. And, you know, a lot of times you have kids who want, 
And then I started listening to them. And I said, how did you learn this? Such a young and so it's, I'm just heartened that young people have picked up this art form. We're picking up music. And I encourage every parent. My parents uh, somehow let me bang drums and piano when I was a kid. And I don't know, I don't know how, they, how they put up with me. But uh, <laughs> And tell it, don't you have a youth yeah. stage? Don't you have a stage where you've got yeah. the kids, some of the, you know, like high school and other, you know, younger people playing? Yeah, at the Union Depot, we have a stage uh, run that was formerly the Dakota Foundation. It's, it's all youth. Okay. It's at the it's at the Dakota. Uh, excuse me, at the at the Union, Union. Depot. Cool. Yeah, right. and that stays once Friday and Saturday, and it's just um, going to be youth. And now we have youth in other places too. We have some youth over at the um, a black dog has yeah. a Sophia Cover, who's a young fourteen, fifteen year old kid who's just. I think she's the next emerging artist. And but just, who knows? There's so many young emerging artists in this city. And you ask me what gets it keeps me going, why I want to do it, just watching that. It's such, it's such a motivator for me personally. Yeah. That's so cool. Oh, Steve. Steve, were you in a band? I used to be. Were you big? I used to be in a band. Uh, 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 that's why I'm doing this. Okay. <laughs> we're talking about the Twin Cities Jazz Fest. The royalties aren't coming in that big time from your music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a happy guy. What can Listen, I tell you? I mean, yeah. You have to have passion to be able to put this on over 300 different acts this weekend downtown St. Paul at the lower in the lower town. For they have VIP tickets for sale. Jazzfestival.org for all. But otherwise, it is free. Bring your lawn chair and enjoy the food and beverages and all the great music. Steve, thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, oh, we absolutely. love talking to you. We love talking Best to you. Best of luck, too. Yeah, we'll see you down there. All right, thank you. Okay, all right, all right bye-bye. Listen, when we come back, what are we talking about? Who knows?